the Construction Employers Podcast, your connection to what's happening in the Northeast Ohio construction industry. Brought to you by the Construction Employers Association. This morning I caught up with John Swanzinger, who's the office partner in charge of Buckingham Doolittle here in Cleveland, Ohio. John is a construction lawyer, um, does construction, real estate, litigation, land use and zoning work, and uh, has been a Buckingham has been a member of CEA for several years now. And John actually was my first podcast guest, along with Chris House, in episode one of the podcast. Uh, John's a good guy. He has a great blog, udig.biz. But just caught up with John regarding some of the issues he's been working on lately during the, I think it is the seventh or eighth week of the pandemic shutdown. It's not a shutdown for construction, but the pandemic lockdown for everyone else. And uh, it's just good catch up, catching up, hearing what's on his mind for the industry and the way forward. So without further ado, here's our conversation with John Swanzinger. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, how are you? How are you doing, Tim? I'm well, thank you. I'm thank, doing great. Thanks for getting on the podcast with me again. Um, you have the uh, notable, distinguished uh, status as our first podcast guest. So it's good to have you back on. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me on. I really enjoy your podcast and your your webinars and so forth. I've had the opportunity to uh, listen in on some of them, and our firm had a chance to be part of one of them. So I think it's a very good service and certainly happy that you guys are doing it for everybody, yeah. especially in these strange times. Yeah, it's and, and who knows what people are dealing with. Nobody knows what to expect from day to day, but just to keep some point of connection with our members and with uh, um, just our professional affiliate members like yourself and, and Buckingham Doolittle, I think is useful. Um, I've noticed on your blog, you've been uh, doing a series on highway safety. That's right. We, uh, you know, I think it's really important that uh, every year I run that same series so that we can throw out some reminders uh, and if one person thinks about it and it, it, it prevents an accident from happening or or mitigates something, then it's good. And I think it's just very important that we all, you know, the, the people that read the udig.biz uh, get a chance to uh, see the importance of of paying attention to driving. You're driving out on the highways and the safety issues that those, you know, those contractors deal with every day. Now, this year, it's a little different vibe uh there's not as much traffic but and one of the plus sides to that is certainly there's not as many accidents but every year as you know tim the construction sites are the most dangerous place workplace in the world right and uh, I, I like to make a point almost like a public service to remind people of it we do it somewhat of a fun way or snarky sort of way uh so that maybe someone will read it get a laugh out of it but remember it and uh you know, I know it's vitally important to the people I represent, you know, vitally important to ODOT, vitally important to your association and other associations and their members. So I can't can't think of a better way to do it from where I sit, which is behind a desk. Yeah. So. Well, I, I know your uh, your posts are very entertaining and they always contain that nugget of, of a lesson and, you know, watching out for highway safety, you know, getting off your phone. That's... Everybody needs to be reminded in this busy, this busy world. I'm brewing up another post right now that's that's uh, going to reflect 
what's going on now and what's important to some of our clients now. And uh, um, that, that once this high, the highway safety issue uh, uh, series is over, we're going to start up with some COVID type issues and, okay. and you'll see some of that coming down. We're recording this on May 7th, 2020. We're in, I don't know, what is it? The seventh week of the pandemic lockdown, yep. something like that. Yep. Um, Ohio has started its restart Ohio efforts to get businesses back to work. Of course, construction has always been working. But ODOT has introduced, in my mind, at least from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing some confusion into the industry regarding face coverings. For businesses overall, as of the, the latest um, Department of Health order, you're supposed to have all employees wearing face coverings at all times unless they're working by themselves, unless a doctor says they shouldn't be wearing a face covering, unless there's an industry, um, documented industry best practice not to wear face coverings, or if safety concerns override wearing a face covering. Um, but the Department of Transportation in Ohio issued a memo April 6th, which is prior to the order, actually, that applies now, saying you only need a face covering if you're working within six feet of another worker. And then um, ODOT doubled down on that after the latest public health order, saying the April 6th memo from ODOT still applies, and despite the fact that the Department of Health say says all employees need to be wearing face coverings at all times, for ODOT work, it's not all employees at all times. It's only when you're working within six feet of another person. Do you do you have any uh, experience dealing with this? Have you heard contractors being confused about this? Because I I certainly have. Yeah, well, I you know I'm getting the same uh, messages from our clients that uh, you know what do we do? Uh, the 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 the, uh, the the orders are inconsistent. Um, you know, my advice is to uh, play the conservative game until it gets more clear keep trying to make it clear mm-hmm. uh, the conservative game being to um, wear the masks and, right. and, uh, and do what you have to do until you have a more clear path toward uh, keeping the client, uh, keeping the employees safe um, and avoiding potential litigation. You know, this is where the long-term effect of this, as far as the legal side goes, you're looking at potential plaintiff's bar, attacks on uh, companies that are not following the orders, not following them to a T or being inconsistent with it. Um, you know, even today in the Wall Street Journal, there was a uh, an article about the Congress's efforts to, uh, or Congress's debate over whether to impose a limitation of liability on COVID-related matters, or right. you know, at least water it down to the point of it must be a grossly negligent situation. And this is what I'd like to see happen for our clients, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, keeping everybody at work, but having a, a nice, safe work safe workplace, but yet not exposing the company to just a bombardment of lawsuits. Uh, let's say down the road, uh, you know, some employee c- contracts the disease who, um, didn't wear a mask because you said uh, you, the company said it was okay. And then later on, uh, someone else gets sick because of that person. And it turns out this order sitting here where it says it was mandatory. Uh, right. You know, you got a pretty good case. You got a pretty good makings of a plaintiff's case there. So you know, potentially a class action. So, you know, my, my take is right now uh, for sure, 
play the conservative card, uh, do more, not do less. And you run up against it with that because a lot of people don't want to wear the masks. Right. It's like uh, the society's turned into this, this, this place where the stages of grief have collided with the seven deadly sins. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's denial, there's anger, bargaining, depression. Uh, we have a long way to acceptance because it, like we talked about earlier, this is a, a new normal. Right. Uh, what is the new normal? I think masks and protecting uh, from the virus are going to be the new normal for the foreseeable future. Right. Yeah. And when people are forced to do things uh, they don't want to do, you know, those emotions come out and it becomes a stressful environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everywhere in society, not only uh, at home, not only, not only the workplace, but it's at home. It's, it's at the store. It's uh, driving down the road. It's in the political arena. You know, it's everywhere. So, you know, we've got, we've got quite a deck handed to us for 2020. And I don't think we'll forget 2020 for, you know, in the, in the future. Right. Right. Well, as soon as that, uh, that vaccine comes out, I think people are going to try all their hardest to forget it though. But back to this, this face covering issue, I agree with yeah. you. I, I think the conservative approach is the way to go. Not only, you know, not only because of future litigation, but for the short term, the near term, if you get somebody with a COVID infection on your on your workforce, all of a sudden you've got to shut that job down. down. You're shut down. Yeah, and, and then yeah, you're I out totally of luck. Agree. Then you're out of luck, and you could have prevented it. Um, our, That's right. Our experience at CEA is that anytime there's a new safety regulation from OSHA, whether it's face coverings, whether it's um, respirators where guys have to shave their beards in order to make the respirators fit correctly. There's, there's usually kickback from the workforce. You know, people, it's not everybody, but some people will say, I'm not doing that. I never needed that. Um, um, whether it's tying off on harness with harnesses, people knee jerk react to any kind of new rule that they have to follow. But on this one, it's just so strange that the department of transportation which is part of the state of Ohio, would contradict the Department of Health, which has, in my mind, has authority over this issue. Right. I don't, now, I don't uh, understand Are you uh, and other, other your uh, sister organizations uh, uh, lobbying to push that, uh, to clarify that? I imagine so. Well, it's a tricky issue. I, I I think there are contractors that pushed for the way ODOT has it now, where you don't have to make employees wear these face coverings. So I'm not sure the uh, the heavy highway community is is unified on this issue, but right. Um, you point out some so good. So it's a de facto, uh, you know, live and let live kind of thing, right? It can do, be. Do on what a, you want to do. Take the risks on a contractor by contractor basis. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's the best thing for the industry, um, be, be because their companies are just left, you know, flapping in the breeze, you know, protect yourself, protect your own employees and, and kind of do what you want because there's no clear guidance on this. And, you know, because of the nature of the projects, uh, contractors are sharing project sites. And so one may have, uh, that approach and one may not. So the ones that, uh, don't. Um, uh, how are they going to be protected against the ones that are uh, permit being permissive? So you have this uh, environment that it's you know as we know margins are very narrow on these jobs. 
Mm-hmm. You have now have an environment where so much time and energy is being spent on risk aversion in the course of the project that it becomes very difficult and it's going to take time. It's going to slow things down. It's going to be less economically viable. Right. And we're going to be facing financial crunches here too. So this is a very complicated arena we're in. And these decisions are a big part of it. And, uh, you know, literally, you know, it can start off with just the mere decision of one company not to enforce the, the mandatory mask rule. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it sure is. Um, and as far as I know, a memo from ODOT doesn't constitute a documented industry best practice. One memo doesn't constitute a best practice. Um, so I, I don't understand it. All right. Yeah, we have, uh, even in, in, the, in our hallways here, we have, uh, uh, you know, been ordered by our um, human resources to wear masks everywhere, except, you know, we can do without in our in our work area, our own personal work area, or our office. Right. And, but that's not what the governor's order says. You know? So, um, but, you know, fortunately we're far away from each other, but, you know, I, I think it's, this mask issue is just a, a real red herring for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a hot button issue. Hopefully. As far as other, other things people are worried about or, or that I'm hearing and talking to people about, certainly this, you know, limit, you know, everything that we do as lawyers is trying to limit liability. So we're, you know, that issue is huge. Uh, the safety issue, um, the details of the safety issues in the field that we just talked about. But mm-hmm. the macros on the financials are becoming a big issue now. Uh, we talked earlier about, you know, what would you want to be doing the next year or two in order to deal with all this? And certainly best practices on credit, uh, issuing credit uh, anywhere in the, in the, in the, um, in the vertical hierarchy of a project. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what the labor market's going to fall out like. Uh, it was not great before. Will that change? Um, I don't know. People are concerned that there'll be stop work on some jobs. There already has been. I know at Ohio State, down here in Cleveland has been a couple, I'm pretty sure. Right. You know, there's there's the issue of where's our new work going to come from? What's it going to look like? Uh, if it's if it's government work, well, we know that all those budgets are getting destroyed. Um, Congress has not yet passed a bill to, 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 to support local governments, and that's a huge issue. Where does Ohio stand on that? A lot of unanswered questions, you know, that we hear all the time. And, you know, the only way to deal with them is with a conservative wait-and-see kind of attitude. Right. Deal with what you have in front of you keep assessing it day to day and, uh, and go from there. Uh, aggressive uh, to, to me would be as foolish as you could be right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. From an yeah. advocacy standpoint, uh, you know, we, we do have to wait and see what ultimately gets decided, but from an advocacy standpoint as an association, um, do you, do you know of any bills out there or any legislation, whether it's at the state or federal level that we should be advocating for to support the industry? Well, this, uh, the, the thing that we spoke about earlier is, is what's going on in Congress now, I think uh, on a federal level is to uh, set this up so that businesses can get some kind of liability shield on COVID related matters. Um, right. There may, may be more specific type things, but I don't think anything's more important than this. Uh, in the short term, uh, because it's part of, and it's going to be a big part of whether or not uh, the next funding bill gets passed, the next relief package. Uh, 
uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, Republican, uh, head of the Senate, uh, Senate Majority Leader, he is uh, drawing a hard line that there will be no more money going out unless this limitation of liability is part of it. So I think that because it's so unknown, it's going to be very difficult and costly to our industry to have to go forward with that risk in place of, 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 of claims against us on COVID related matters. The way they've written it right now. And I think the way it probably should come down is that if you're grossly negligent and then let's let the courts decide what that is. Uh, if, if the plaintiff's bar wants to go forward into the courts and pursue a claim based on gross negligence, let's let them, let's let those cases go. But just simple negligence, Dealing with COVID is a wide open, wild west of potential legal uh, action. Right. And it's not good for our industry. It's not for good for any business, really. Not for good for or the any. economy. It's good for the plaintiff's lawyers. Yeah. yeah. And maybe some of the defense lawyers, but it's not good for the, the industry. Uh, it certainly isn't. And it just adds cost and I mean, there's, we've talked about limitations of liability forever, but this is such a big potential um, source of legal action that it's, it's got to be reined in or it could, it could just hogtie the whole economy. Right, right. And in the meantime, all the more reason for that a conservative approach. Right. And, you know, everybody's getting fed money. Um, or a lot of people have taken the loans and certainly a lot of the, the members of the association and you know, all members of our industry have taken the, the, the PPP loans and have a, fu- a future to look forward to. Uh, the last thing they need to be doing is taking that money and then spinning it around having to pay off lawsuits, right. you know, and putting it in the plaintiff's bar. So I think that fundamentally it's just, it's wrong to allow it to be easy pickings. So, so what else have you been dealing with? You know, I've got some, some client matters that have, have uh, you know, reflected the situation. Some, you know, like one case is a, it reflects cooperation. Uh, they, they, they didn't really read all the rules. They just agreed that, you know, the, the owner and the contractor agreed to shut the job down. Let's talk in 30 days. They signed a, an addendum. They kicked all the dates out. They waived any claims based upon the delay. Uh, they cooperated with sealing down the site safety measures and so forth. And it was just a beautiful, natural thing. And I think that's what most of the situations are because we have, you know, this industry is full of just capable, creative people. You know, if any industry is more uh, capable of dealing with uh, changes in circumstances and conditions, I don't know what it is because that's every job every day, all the time. So this situation is no different. You've got very intelligent, creative people dealing with it. And when you see that, you can get, you know, from the legal side, you you can get, you know, you can help them really easily, very basic documents. Uh, We've also seen companies that are innovating. They are in the industry of, of, uh, of, for instance, restoration. And um, this really works well. This situation really works well for a company built to do restoration. And, and meaning they're going, instead of going in and rebuilding, um, from hurricane losses or floods or whatever, they're going in and doing COVID remediation. Right. And so, you know, what I saw at that is, you know, just helping them to avoid liability 
because they don't know what works. No one knows what works in terms of COVID remediation, but they know what they're doing is better than nothing, but they can't guarantee anything. So we got to make sure they're protected uh, for the work they're doing. And then, you know, then obviously we always have those cases where uh, situations where it's just humming along right into litigation. No one can get along. There's pride, all those, you know, those deadly sins I talked about before come into play and, you know, the fire engines rolling down to the litigation room, you know, so, um, they won't work around it. They won't collaborate. They're not, they're not, uh, they're just standing their ground. And we see a lot of that too, but I have those three particular cases have arisen for me in the last, you know, 45 days. And so that's, you know, it's kind of what I'm seeing is it's, uh, you know, I think, I think the, the, the vast majority fall into that first category of being cooperative. Right. And I encourage everybody to try to be cooperative especially in this situation. Uh, there are obviously contracts out there that are in place that have very strict language. And it's easy to, you know, whip out the contract and point to a clause and say, I gotcha. Uh, but at the end of the day, is that really going to get you where you want to go? So I think the flexibility in dealing with it, reserving your rights, being flexible uh, is, is a very good approach right now. Right. Well. John, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you're busy, but I really appreciate you coming on with me again. And we'll have to do it again when uh, we can do it face-to-face. But in the meantime, be Absolutely. well and stay safe. You too, Tim. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To find more information about the discussion in this or prior episodes, be sure to check the episode notes section in your podcast app. Get notified and automatically download the latest episode by subscribing to the Construction Employers Podcast in the iTunes Store or in Google Play. This podcast is brought to you by the Construction Employers Association. Find us on the web at www.ceacisp.org.